Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Now, folks, what I'd like you to do right now is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Colossians. The letter to the Colossians is in the New Testament. If you start off in the Gospels, you come to Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. We're going to focus on verses 9 through 12 today. This is really our second message in our series, Our Life with Christ. You know, what I found is, is that, and I mentioned this to you last week, is I, I found that there's so, so much confusion out there and so many false messages out there about what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ. And that people are confused and people don't truly understand what it is that it is to be a Christian. Christianity is more than just like this one hour that we have right now. It's more than just a service. It's more than just having a position in a church. It's more than just a, believing a set of doctrine. It's, it's a relationship. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ that affects us, that, that changes us as to who we are. And, and what we see is, is that right now there's so many false messages out there about what it is to be a believer in Jesus Christ. Really, it really isn't that at all. It's, it's being saved and knowing Jesus. And it is measured in our lives by two things. In fact, that's what I want you to see uh, as we have this on the screen right now. There are two areas, and we see it from Colossians Chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Let me just read you these verses before I share with these two things on the screen. Paul says, We give thanks to God and Father of our, Je of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Here's, here's how you measure the reality of Jesus, the reality of Christianity in people's lives. Folks, two things. Number one, their faith in Jesus Christ was evident to all. That's the first thing. You don't measure it by this, whether or not you're doing this, whether you're not going here, whether you're not doing this, whether you're voting this way or vo not voting this way, or how you act or how you dress. Your faith is evident. That is your belief in Jesus. It's more than just a simple belief. Your trust, your commitment to him is evident to all. That's how you measure our lives. That's how our lives are to be measured. The first thing is do you have faith? Not just simple belief. It's faith that changes you, that affects your everyday life. Their faith in Jesus Christ was evident to all. Here's the second thing. Their love for other believers was evident to all. Here's how you want to know where people are at. 
Do they love other people? Is it evident in their lives? There is a major contradiction if you go into a church and you meet people who, quote, say they have faith, but they're mean as dickens to other people. That's not reality. If you know Jesus, love is going to flow out of your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the way to measure our lives, is our love for other believers. That's what he says here by saints. Saints is, are those who are believers in Jesus Christ, and it's evident to all. These are the basic two things that you need to recognize in your life. So now when we come to our passage today, he's going to reflect on some areas that we need to grow in because of these two issues. See, if you have in your life the basics, the faith, the trust, the relationship with Christ, and it's evidenced in your life in love towards others, that's going to then raise some issues of where we need to grow. And we're going to see that in verses 9 through 12. It's actually what Paul is praying for them. This is Paul's prayer we're going to look at here. And from his prayer, we're going to see the areas that we need to grow in. And I think it should be made mention of, when we talk about these issues of growing in, it's not something you do by yourself. This is why he's praying, because he's praying that God would do this in their lives. This is what we need to be striving for, growing in, but it's the growth comes because God is working in our lives. So let's look at this together. We're going to look at this, so it'll be up on your screen. Verse 9, chapter 1 of Colossians. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and longsuffering and joy, giving thanks to the Father who is has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Wow. Now from this, here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to see six growth areas. These are things that he's asking God to do in the life of the Colossians. These are things that, really, to be honest with you, we should be asking God to do in our lives as believers. Because if we have the basics, that is, faith, a relationship with Christ that is real, and love, love towards other people, these are the areas that we need to grow in. So let's take a look at these together. Here's the first one. We see it in verse 9. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and ask that you may be filled 
with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. All right, so here's what I want you to see. Here's the first thing, growth area. Be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual understanding. And what I'm talking about here, as far as you being filled, I'm not talking about go buy a theological library. Go get some theological apps for your phone and begin to ingest theology and doctrine and Bible study so that you increase in your knowledge of the Bible. That's not what I'm talking about here. What we're talking about is, is that you and I be filled with a knowledge of what God wants for us. What his will is for our world. That you and I would be filled with not just wisdom concerning what's going on, but spiritual understanding. See, if you're filled with an understanding of who he is and what he wants, you can look at the things that are going on around you and you have understanding because you know what his will is. Now, how do we know what his will is? Well, that get, brings me to another verse. Write this down. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do you know the will of God? Well, first of all, you don't conform your life. You don't live the way the world's going. You don't embrace the world's thinking. But you renew your mind. You, you allow your mind to be transformed. Why? Through God's word. And when that happens, you'll be able to understand what his will is for you and for the world that we live in. So, so the first growth area that we see here is that you and I be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual understanding. Let's look at verse 10. Verse 10 is going to show us that second area now. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. All right, so here's the second growth area. Live, li live a life worthy of the Lord by pleasing him and producing spiritual fruit. Live a life worthy of the Lord by pleasing him and producing spiritual fruit. Did you understand what we mean by that? You live a life worthy. You live a life that is reflective of who you are as a follower of Jesus. Because you want to please him. I, I think about pleasing him. I think about when I was a young man, a lot of my time, I just wanted my dad to say, way to go, George. I'm proud of you. I just wanted to hear that from him. Because I wanted to please him. And isn't that what children do? Look at me, Dad. Look at what I'm doing. They do things to, to please their parents. 
See, you and I need to live our lives not for ourselves, but we need to live our lives in such a way that is worthy of him because we want to please him. We want to please the Father. Is God pleased with the way that you're living your life? Is God pleased with the way that you're reacting to whatever situation is happening around you? Is God pleased? Can I be honest with you? We don't think that way. It doesn't even enter into our minds. Oh, Jesus, you love me, but we're not really thinking about what, whether or not what we do pleases him. Here, that's the second growth area. Now, isn't it interesting? This is what Paul's praying. So God, gotta, God has to help us to do this. To live a life worthy of the Lord by pleasing him, but also by producing spiritual fruit. That goes, what, what kind of fruit are we talking about? I know some churches talk about by, that fruit is evangelism, the number of people you lead to the Lord. No, no, fruit's what's listed in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, character, becoming who God wants us to be. So we, we want to focus in on that area. See, it's, it's not just, to be honest with you, filled with a knowledge of what he wants me to do. It's living a life that is worthy of him. Worthy of him. And, and that also, if we look at verse 10, it also brings out this third area. You must also increase in your personal knowledge of God. You've got to increase in your personal knowledge of God. Now let me explain what that means. Because again, I just told you that that does not mean you spend an awful lot of time, although it's good, you need to read scripture, you need to study the Bible. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that, but what I'm saying is it's not how much facts you know about the Bible. But it's whether or not you know them or him. That's what knowledge here, that's what personal knowledge is. You need to increase in your personal knowledge. So what does that mean? Spend time with him. How do you get to know a person? By studying everything you can find on the internet about them, checking out their Facebook page, checking out their Instagram, looking at all that, and that tells you what it is. No, that doesn't tell you who it is. People only post the good things about themselves or their rants. You get to know people by being with them, rubbing shoulders with them, enjoying food with them, interacting with them, watching them watch a game with you, spending time with them. See, the third area of growth is, growth is that you and I need to increase in our personal knowledge of God. And how do we do that? We spend time with him. We get to know him. And it's a lifetime of getting to know him. So here I am at 54, and I'm going to tell you right now that the way that I'm facing things at 54 is a whole lot different than when I first knew him at 19. Because here I am 35 
years later. And I know him a whole lot more than I did 35 years before. So I'm able to face the things that I'm facing with him because I know him better. I have a personal knowledge of him that has increased. See, this is the third growth area. You must also increase in your personal knowledge of God. Let, let's look at the fourth area. We see that in verse 11. He says, strengthened by all might according to his glorious power with all patience and long-suffering. Here, here's the fourth area. Be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, that's how you're strengthened. He's the one who strengthens you, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. How does that happen? Well, when you, the moment you got saved, the moment you put your faith and trust, you decided to follow him, no turning back, he, the person of the Holy Spirit, entered into your life as a seal and a guarantee of your salvation, and he is the one who's working in your life, producing the fruit. He's the one who's strengthening you. We need to grow by being empowered by the Holy Spirit. And again, that only happens as God does it. Because again, remember, we're looking at a prayer here. He is praying that they be strengthened. In what area? Well, here's the fifth point I want you to see. This strengthening is for your patience, long-suffering, and joy. All right, now look, notice something. This strengthening isn't so that you accomplish the goals that you want in life. This strengthening isn't for you to achieve your dreams. No, this strengthening is for life. And it's reflected in the three areas that he's talking about here. Patience. What does that got to do with, George? Patience with other people. Because I'm going to be honest with you, if you live life long enough, you already should know this, people aren't going to do things the way you want them to do. People are going to irk you. People are going to make you mad. People are going to sin against you. People are going to hurt you. People aren't going to do things the way you want them to do them. You've got to be patient with them. Long-suffering, that deals with another level of patience. That's bearing with what's going on around you. This strengthening needs to not just take place in the area of patience with other people. This strengthening needs to take place in being long-suffering with the difficulties that we live with. And folks, you need long-suffering right now in this world of COVID, this world of economic collapse, this world of political upheaval. You need long-suffering. You need to be strengthened to bear with what's going on. Isn't that true? Then joy. 
You need strengthened to have joy. Joy in the midst of all that's going on. Joy because you have Jesus. Joy allows you to look beyond the suffering to see what's coming. So this strengthening is for your patience, your long-suffering, and your joy. But here's the other growth area. The final growth area that we're going to see here. We see it in verse 12. Look at what it says. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. Now here is the final area of growth. I think everyone can understand this one. Give thanks to God, the Father, for your salvation. For your inheritance. Give thanks. We need God to help us with that. Why? Because when you're in the midst of it, it's hard to be thankful, isn't it? But you can be. And he'll help you to be. By giving thanks to God who has saved you, who has redeemed you, who has bought you with a price, who has forgiven you, who has allowed you to enter into an, an intimate personal relationship with him for your salvation. See, these are the areas of growth. So we have that foundation, which should be evident in our lives. What? Faith. Faith and commitment, that relationship with Jesus Christ, and love. Love for each other. And in order for that to be strengthened in our lives, we've got to see growth in these areas. And, and, and let's talk about those areas again. So, number one, the first area was that we be filled with the knowledge of his will and spiritual understanding. Two, that we live a life worthy of the Lord by pleasing him and producing spiritual fruit. Three, that you must increase in your personal knowledge. That's a relationship knowledge of God. Four, that you be strengthened by the power of your spirit. That this strengthening is for your patience, long-suffering, and joy. And then finally, you need to give thanks to God, the Father, for your spiritual life, for your salvation. This is how we need to grow. This is where we need to be at. This is what you and I need to be doing. This is what I need to see in my life. This is what you need to be seeing in your life. So what do we do with this, George? Where do we go with this? Well, I just have one thought that I need you to grasp as we talk about all these things. And here it is. You have to decide to get serious about your relationship with Jesus. Can I, can I be honest with you? We haven't been serious about our relationship with Jesus. We haven't been living our lives in such a way that we're trying to please Him. 
We've been trying to please ourselves. That's why we're so angry right now. That's why we're so offended at everything else that's going on and why didn't this happen and this is what's happening here and, and I wanted this and it didn't happen and, and I want this for the country and that's not happening and blah, 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 and it goes on and on. Well, it's because we haven't gotten serious about our relationship with Jesus. Jesus is just the add-on. Jesus is supposed to be the one who's supposed to give me what I want. Folks, that's really unrealistic. What parent does that? What parent gives their child whatever they want? In fact, we say, well, that's the problem. That child's spoiled. We want God to spoil us. He isn't going to because it's not for our own good. You and I have to get serious about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And how do we know that we've gotten serious? Because our life reflects those two areas. Faith and love. And with that, we need to grow in these other areas. It's time for you and I to make a decision. Are we going to get serious about the Lord or not? That, that's really the issue. Are we going to get serious about Jesus? Or is it just a convenient thing? When we need him. Or is he really who he is? And we're going to see that here soon in, a, in another couple of weeks. We're going, Colossians is going to make it very clear who Jesus is. So you've got to do something. And I guess that's why that first song we sang was so important. Can you sing that song from your heart? I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. You and I need to get serious about our walk with Jesus. Something for you to think about. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us and your goodness. And Lord, I, I admit I'm not as committed to you as I should be. I know what you call us to. Help us help us help me to live a life worthy of that calling. Help me to grow in these areas that we've been talking about today. So that my life reflects faith in you that is evident. And love. Love for others, especially the church. For other believers. So I pray this for myself. I pray this for each one who's watching or listening. For it's in your name we pray, Jesus.
Amen. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.